Welcome to the Women in Faith podcast. I'm Stephanie Schwartz, the host of Women in Faith, and we're here to help women trust and obey God by knowing and applying His Word. So I have my friends Sarah Cox and Jen Gray together today. Uh, Sarah, can you tell me a few things about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me today, Stephanie. Um, I am married to my husband, Matt. We've been married for 18 years. We have four kids um, from 7, 10, 13, and 14. And I used to be a teacher, and now I'm a homeschooling mom. So I'm with my kids a lot, and I do love it. Great. And Jen? Well, thanks for having me. Um, I have been married close to the same number of years, 17 years to my husband, and we have three children. Um, One is 14, that's our son, and then our middle child is a girl. She's 13 and has just some minor um, special needs that are physical, physical and Um, kind of an involved medical history, which may be useful in our future podcast as we talk Mm -hmm. through some of the practical tips. And then a very spirited and we will say strong uh, (laughs) nine-year-old girl who is the baby. And I have a master's in education and also was a teacher like Sarah, um, specifically in special ed. Mm -hmm. And so I've taught from birth, which actually means teaching the mamas, um, all the way to 12th grade. Wow, that's great. And both of you have served here at Compass. You've invested into all sorts of moms with young kids. So I think that you're perfect to talk about this topic of parenting. So we're going to spend the next five sessions talking about parenting, uh, the different stages of parenting. But this time we're going to look at parenting uh, infants and toddlers, parenting young kids. And we want to help uh, ladies to see that we need to be intentional about this. We can't just wing it. We've got to have a plan. We've got to have rhyme and reason for what we're doing. So we're going to look at uh, pregnancy and then sleeping, eating, and then wrap up with discipline. But uh, before before the baby arrives, pregnancy, do you think you need to have a, a plan or be intentional during that time? Absolutely. I think those are that's a great time to start having those conversations with your husband, start reading good books, start just really watching and talking to other parents and finding out what they do and how do they do it and how do they parent their kids. And just having those people and influences in your life are just so important. Um, and you even get those conversations going regularly with your husband. How are we going to do this? Are we gonna, how are we going to run our home? Yeah, at the very least, you're setting a pattern of regular communication with your husband about parenting and life in the home. Yeah, so making those decisions about, you know, what we're going to do with sleeping and eating and discipline and those things that we're going to address. What would you say uh, to a woman out there if she starts to talk to her husband about that and they're not on the same page? Oh, well, you got nine months to get there, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, and and you may never be exactly on the same page, but hopefully you're eventually in the same chapter. Um, And I think at that point you go together and you meet with mentor couples. And like Sarah had said, you find real live people Mm -hmm. who you look and you feel like they have done it well Mm -hmm. um, and have similar ideology and thinking as you. um, And you ask them, Yeah, you know, you get some advice and get some input. Right. And even if you're not on the same page with your husband, it's better to have those conversations than just have deal with it when the baby arrives and have arguments when you're exhausted and tired and all that stuff. It's better to just have those conversations ahead of time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's great advice. So if you're pregnant right now and you're planning to have a child, make sure and talk to your husband, get a plan going, you know, look at how you're going to deal with these things. And the first thing that we want to talk about is um, sleeping through the night. Uh, sleeping in general. Uh, people are always asking, is your child sleeping? Is your baby right, sleeping? Right. Are you guys getting any sleep? Did you get any sleep? Sleep is a huge thing. Yeah. So what tips, what uh, advice would you have for our friends out there who are struggling with this or don't know what to do to help to get their children to sleep right? Right. And I think that um, mo- all parents are going to be exhausted at the beginning, regardless of how you raise your parents. It's just that time period. We're all going to be tired. But I think we can make it a lot easier on ourselves to follow a pattern of training them to be on a schedule. And so by that, I mean uh, eating and sleeping schedule. So what I found to be really helpful and what I use in my home, and I know um, others did, Jen, you did too, um, eventually, is the eating. (laughs) Eventually. Yeah. We'll come back to that, right? (laughs) Eating, um, plain, and then sleeping schedule. So what that looks like is, so say it's 7 in the morning and you're feeding your baby for the first time at 7 a.m., Um, And then you keep them awake and you play with them. And then eventually, um, maybe about an hour when they're little, hour and 15 minutes into it, you put them to sleep. And then they learn and you repeat that schedule all day long. So if you're feeding at 7, then you feed them again at 10 and you feed them again at 1 and you're doing the schedule with them, that really helps them learn to eat, both eat better and sleep better. Because if it's been three hours since they're eating, when they go to eat, they will legitimately be hungry and they'll have a full meal. And then three hours later, they'll want another meal. And the same thing works for sleep. So then they, if they've been awake and they've been fed, then they'll fall asleep and they'll be tired and they'll sleep longer. And that also just helps them to sleep better in the nighttime, through the night. It helps them sleeping in the night. So you would say the three-hour schedule, 24 hours. Yes, especially okay. at the beginning. The first okay. few weeks... Um, Yes, absolutely. And then once they get old enough and they don't need, you know, food, then they start sleeping longer naturally. And they start sleeping four hours, five hours, six hours, and they just, they just, they've been eating all day long. If they're getting their caloric intake all day long, they're not going to need it as much in the night. Yeah. And I remember feeling fairly overwhelmed when I looked at scheduling. And I mean, partly it's just because it's not my nature to be really regimented and Mm -hmm. routined. Um, but I, what I found was helpful was I found books just through people that I had talked to that really spelled it out for me. So, and there are books out there, um, that basically I would write on a piece of paper, the time that my baby ate. And then I would look at the book, like one book in particular I'm thinking of really spells out every stage, Mm -hmm. you know, the first two weeks it tells you here's some very, like it has a schedule typed out in the book Mm -hmm. with here's an example schedule. So I would kind of follow the example schedule that just helped me because Mm -hmm. it wasn't a natural thing for me. Right. And then as I moved on to the second month or the third month, there were sample schedules. Mm. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's super helpful. Yeah. And what do you, what would you say to someone if, you know, they try to follow that schedule, let's say they do the eating and the playing and then their baby won't sleep, just screams and yells and cries. Do you say, forget it, this doesn't work for us? Oh, well, when I, I had goals, everyone, yeah. right? I had goals. <laughs> um, and I had the book that I wanted to go by. I found one that I liked and had it spelled out, but it just felt restrictive. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I used to work. I was never at home. And now I'm at home with this yeah. baby that I love, but the baby doesn't talk to me and I'm lonely yeah. and bored. And so I would go, go, go. And my baby learned to just sleep in the car seat, learned to sleep at random times, mm-hmm. maybe didn't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And you know, chaos ensued right. as far as our schedule. Yeah. So um, when I decided this wasn't working, I mean, finally it kind of, you know, I guess 
ended on a day when I went to the store, middle of the day, bought a baby swing because mm-hmm. I couldn't take it anymore. I needed this baby to sleep. Right. So my friends intervened, thankfully, and mm-hmm. just basically kept me accountable, helped me write out my schedule and, you know, would check in with me hourly through the day. How is it going? I had to let my baby cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times right. when they said just he has been fed, he has been played with and stimulated enough, and now it's time to sleep. Let him cry. Right. And it is okay. Yeah. Vacuum, put your air pods in, whatever you have to do. They're safe, they're fed, and it's, you know, crying. And I had did to that actually work? Yeah. And, well, okay, on the seventh day. Yeah. And on the seventh mm. day, she said, commit to seven days. My husband came home from work and heard the baby crying oh, and wow. said, what is going yeah. on here? Yeah. How long has he been crying? Yeah. And I like <laughs> stood in front of the door and said, please, I beg you, yeah. give me till the end of the day because they promised me if I did this seven <laughs> right. days, it would work. And I clung to that. Right. And I can tell you, not that this is a formula for everyone, right. but it happened to be that it clicked. Wow. And my husband was so thankful. Wow, totally. And so with our subsequent babies, even our middle one that had eating difficulties, mm. he said, you're going to schedule, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. I think that was hard for you because you had went so long without mm. doing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like yes. When I, if you can start even a schedule from the beginning, you don't necessarily have to go through that screaming as much. Oh, my other two kids were so much easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it right. Was, because you started from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And I even think about a mom, like meaning you can't, it's so much easier if you start early, but if you don't, it's not hopeless. Absolutely. Right. Just know totally. that. Yeah. There was a woman I talked to, a young mom, and she was in tears because she wanted another baby pretty mm-hmm. quickly. She was mm-hmm. old. Uh, she wasn't super young, but wanted to have lots of kids. And her husband said, are you kidding? This is a nightmare. Right. Like I want you in bed at night. And all I have is this baby between us that's nursing every you know, so many hours. And so I said, it doesn't have to be that way. Let me show you how to do this. And I walked through that with her and she came back even just a week later and had tears of joy that her husband was so thankful because now the baby was out of their bed and was on a schedule and he, you know, it changed the whole tone of that. And I really do think that babies are happier when they're scheduled. They just, they, they're not hungry and crying right. all the time. They're, yeah. you know, they know they're fed when they're hungry. They're put to sleep when they're tired. And it just creates a lot more happy and smoother household because the babies are happy. And then you're happy and the babies can be a great joy to you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And you mentioned uh, fed and eating. Uh, do you suggest that the eating be scheduled as well? Does that not seem cruel to not feed the baby whenever the baby wants to be fed? No, not at all. I think it's establishing the rhythm in your home that you're the parent and you're in charge and you're caring and looking out for their needs. You love them and you're going to feed them when you know it's a good good time to feed them. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean whenever the, you think that the child thinks it's it's very, un, you know, who yeah, knows? Right. Who knows what it's happening? Totally. So I feel like when you, when you schedule in a routine and pediatrics will say the same thing, Pedi- mm-hmm. you know, they'll say the same thing about just feeding them on a start with breakfast, start with dinner when you're doing baby food and those sort of things. Start with the meals and just get them into that pattern. We as humans eat in patterns and we're training them. They're the same thing. Right. Yeah. And I think even it sets their metabolism. I mean, it's logical, right? Like I don't wake up at 1 a.m. starving for a steak, right? Head down to the kitchen and start cooking because I feel like it. I just don't because my rhythm, my routine, my metabolism, it's all set Mm -hmm. and it's predictable. Like we all get hungry at lunchtime. Right. Yeah, that's great. And would you say that you make specific choices regarding what they eat? Like, let's say they'll only eat one thing. Would you introduce more foods into their diet or, you know, how does that work? What if they hate something that you think is beneficial for them, like vegetables? Yeah, I've been down that road myself. (laughs) I mean, all of our kids are so different, right? And they all have different 
sensitivities and things that they don't like. And yeah. it just becomes a matter of, am I going to be enslaved to your sensitivities, child, and right. you're going to establish it? Or are you in our home and you're going to trust us that we love you and we want what's best for you? I mean, I remember my husband went to war with one of my children who just would not eat anything but French fries. Oh, and, you know, just it was just awful. He just was so restrictive when he was maybe about one year old, a toddler at this point, when he introduced him to all the baby food and then all the table food. And then he's eating and just went to war with him for every day because he would scream and scream mm-hmm. if he didn't get what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, we, you know, if we catered to that, then right. who's in control? Right. The totally. baby's in control and they don't know, it's not healthy for him to eat French fries every single exactly. day, you know? Yeah. So it's just a training ground. We have yeah. to look at it as a training ground to say, you know what? I love you. You have to trust my authority and mm-hmm. you're going to do what I say because God has given me the job of being in control, not you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I see that you guys have brought that up a lot with the sleeping, with the eating, just establishing who is in control. Control right, and right. not being, you know, a slave to your child, which I think is super important that the child should be a blessing and a joy to you and your family, and you shouldn't be a slave to that person. It's not yeah. good for your family and not good for you either. Right. Um, I know uh, I can relate to what you said about the French fries there, Sarah, because I remember being at the pediatrician's office when my son was really young, so it was over 30 years ago, and uh, um, hearing a lady in one of the office rooms with her son screaming and screaming, and you know the doctor telling him that he, she heard that he had an ear infection and needed to eat X, Y, and Z, and her saying, oh, Dr. Dyes, I can't do that. He'll only eat McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> boy. Yeah, and you know, my ears perked up because I thought, yeah, I, what do you do? You know, he'll only eat McDonald's. Right. Yeah, right. and you know, Dr. Dyes, really nice little Indian man just very quietly said, well, what's going to happen when he's 13 and he will only sleep with his girlfriend in the bed? Oh, right. well, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it yeah. silenced her. But uh-huh. uh, I, I I heard that from the other room and thought, you know what, that's right. I mean, if we're catering to them like that, we're just setting patterns. Yeah. Right. Well, that's just like what Carlin said, right? Mm-hmm. That Who's as, Carlin? Oh, yes. Our <laughs> pastor's wife. Yeah. Uh, Carlin Fabares, who's so wise um, and one of those women that I've asked questions of before, yeah. but it's that as now, so then, mm-hmm. right? As mm-hmm. they are doing now, they will do then. Do right. we want to create adults that only eat McDonald's or no. do we want to create adults that get up and have steak at 1 a.m.? Right. No. <laughs> you know. Yes. It's just yeah. those patterns and or habits. Or adults that feel that everything revolves around them. So what about discipline? We said we would talk about discipline. I know uh, Ephesians 6.4 is a great passage that references parenting and discipline. I'm sure we'll refer to that passage a couple more times over the next five sessions. But Ephesians 6.4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, I know that uh, discipline is going to involve some painful consequences. When do you guys think that discipline starts? Um, I think it starts the minute they start showing their self-will. I mean, mm-hmm. we are all born mm-hmm. with this nature that wants to be in charge of ourselves. We yeah. all want to be in charge of ourselves. And you can see it manifested in a little six-month-old, a little nine-month-old. You know, you put them in the stroller and they don't want to go and they arch their back because they're oh, trying yeah. to fight you on it. And, yes. you know, or they don't want the food that you gave them. So they throw it down from the table or they scream because they don't like what you did or something like that. Anytime you see that self-will coming up, it's it needs discipline because they you don't want them to learn and understand or think that they are 
in charge of themselves. You want them to learn that they are a person under authority, just like we are people under authority. God's in charge of us, and he's given us the job of being in charge of our kids. And our kids really do well from learning that from a very young age. Yes. Little. Yeah, and painful consequences do thwart bad behavior. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and just think, I mean, it spans uh, changing table days all the way to you know, late high school years. Yeah. So this yeah. is going to be a consistent thing. Better yes. to start early. Yeah. So. How much harder it is to start when they're 13 saying, okay, now I'm in charge of you than when they're little and you're saying, no, I really am in charge of you. It just works out so much better if they're learning when they're little that they are a person under authority. Absolutely. Six months old on the changing table, whatever it is. Oh yeah. 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 And when you're saying it gets harder as it gets older, what if someone's listening and their child's maybe six months, a year, do you think it's too late to start disciplining? Oh no. Anytime. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, never too late. It might get harder. You might have to do things, you know, might be harder because if they learn mom's not going to react one time and not be consistently the next time, then they'll learn that and you kind of have to undo that for a while. But just teaching them that consistently I'm in charge and this sort of behaviors aren't acceptable, they'll learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, and thinking they're capable of learning. Like this is God's good design, so they are capable of coming under our authority. I mean, even thinking about an example of my kids uh, dropping food off of the high chair tray and waiting until I wasn't looking. So, I mean, truly, I would see this child doing it, and then once I turned around to walk the other way to get a plate or get something, and I happened to turn around, and this kid was looking right my way, and as soon as I had turned around, dropped the food. Wow. <laughs> it's like they know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like the Bible says as well, that this discipline, it comes from a place of love. Right. We love yeah. our kids so much. Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, if we love our children we're diligent to discipline them because we want their lives to go well. Right. And, you know, that's going to require discipline. Uh, what about, you know, have you seen people that maybe even unaware might be encouraging defiance by, you know, posting photos of their children when they're being, you know, rebellious or posting videos of kids that are yelling and screaming and crying? Uh, what do you think that's doing for the kids and for our quest to discipline right? Oh, I see it all the time. I mean, it's everywhere in social media. And I, I even catch myself at times, you know, maybe chuckling yeah. and then really stopping to think like, oh, this isn't good. We're sort of egging them on in yeah. a sense. Yeah. Yeah. They watch us make light of it, you know, and even if they mm-hmm. don't, they'll see it later. We just have to take an attitude of rebellion and defiance is not a funny thing. Right. You know, Absolutely. God doesn't think it's funny. Yeah. So we shouldn't either think it's funny because they're yeah. going to catch on. They're going to laugh too. And we have to set the standard of... It's, you know, these things are sins before God. We can't yeah. make light of them. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, that verse that we read in Ephesians 6, 4 begins with that, do not provoke your children to anger. And what a uh, subtle way to provoke them by laughing and at the same time disciplining, saying, right. oh, it's super funny, but you can't do that. It's a mixed yeah. message. Oh, yeah. And I've even thought through that exasperating section too. It's like what exasperates our children more is having no bounds, no boundaries, or inconsistent disciplining. Yes. I mean, think of that where yeah. one minute because now we're frustrated right? because we've done nothing and we're done, so yeah. to speak. Now we are tempted to discipline. They're exasperated because it's inconsistent. And now we are tempted to be angry. Yeah. So all of this shouldn't happen when we're angry. Like yeah. this is just something that's a consistent, loving thing that we do to them. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. I think it just helps to have it clear in our mind too. What sort of things are acceptable? What sort of things are, aren't acceptable? And Which not comes. making light of it, you know? Yeah, and that comes from being intentional, right? right. Like mm-hmm. we talked through this plan. with our husband. We have a plan. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. That's great. So being intentional, thinking through what behavior is not tolerable, uh, you know, bringing painful consequences at that point and uh, doing whatever we can to help our kids be as successful as possible in this life. When I think to be ho- be hopeful, I mean, mm-hmm. this does help. It does mm-hmm. work, right? You know, I think about one example of really working on training my kids not to grab things off the shelves. I mean, we're talking little kids, mm-hmm. you know, in the grocery store. And at one point, I look over, and my little toddler is reaching out for the bag of nuts that hangs in Trader Joe's, you know, mm-hmm. along the aisle, yeah. and gets his or her, will not name names, <laughs> and just up to it and then like yanks the hand away, kind of frustrated, like I really want to touch that, mm. but I really don't want to get a consequence. Mm. Wow. So there's, you know, a very black and white. If I touch that, I will have a painful consequence mm. and I am not going to do it, but I so want to. Right. right? So, just yeah. learning that, you know, their own self-discipline, you know, yeah. discipline from us and then learning I can't, I can't do whatever I want. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So that, like you said, that starts at a young age. Right. Mm-hmm. Can start right away as soon as they start, you know, exercising their authority and trying right. to challenge your authority. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we're out of time. Okay. Um, I have enjoyed talking to both of you about parenting. I know we're just scratching the surface here, but I feel like it's an important scratch, you know, <laughs> and uh, if, if, you, if you listen to it and start implementing these things, it will make a difference. You do have to have a plan. You do need to be intentional. You do need to let your kids know that they're not the center of your family or the center of the world, right. but they're an important member of your home. Right. And, you know, working to, to make that a peaceful place, a place where everybody knows what's expected of them. So next time when we talk about parenting, we're going to look at parenting in the toddler and preschool years. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe and share, like, comment, even email us, uh, wf at compasschurch.org with your topic suggestions and questions. And I am looking forward to meeting with you next time. Thanks for having me.